0: Welcome to Fandom Power.
1: Because there's no, like, Disney appears to be trying to stop some of these guys, but Yeah. It's essentially like you know, you can buy Star Wars figures in a Dollarama because yeah, yeah, cause somebody bought them and they just put them on the. You know, they're there's like a, a a resale license. I'm not sure how it works. But I, feel I'm, like, I'm sure, I feel
0: like I feel like I'm sure it,
1: you know better. Like because you could put a Star Wars figure on your shelf, right? Like, I I, mean, I
0: feel like Dollarama is the uh, it's like big lots in the USA where after Walmart and Toys R Us and the other big box stores have had their right. their, their go at it, if there's they, a warehouse still somewhere, they sell they say, it off okay, to I'll a clear yeah to a clearinghouse. And the, exactly clear, the clearing the clearinghouse is essentially Dollarama,
1: right? So that's what I was, and my research led me to. I was I found this the Ultra Saber attack basically was okay. like this guy with this thirty two point uh, just a diatribe attacking Ultra Saber, and then through it I found a subreddit on Rebel Sabers. Sure, and it was after I found all the YouTube videos and all the rave reviews and quick shipping and real happy and everything. Right, and this subreddit was like these guys are scam artists. Oh They're boy. Just ordering they're ordering Chinese sabers from China and then just shipping them to themselves, repackaging them and shipping to you at 300 times the markup. So I did some research and like YYD in China makes these sabers. Yeah. But the Hasbro sabers are also made in China. Well,
0: let's be honest, like in, (laughs) in in my line of work as a toy retailer, what isn't made in China?
1: Exactly. So, what this guy has done is and it's it's actually pretty smart if you ask me he's reached out to the manufacturer and he's getting these sabers and they're relative quality I mean they have they have tiers of quality right and and um and he's importing them yeah. and then he's distributing them uh you know with a with a different model for and it wasn't crazy expensive they were in like 90 dollars a piece
0: i say uh, this you know there are only so many tire factories in the world that are making tires so you know today today we're making pirellis tomorrow we're making toyos do you know what i mean
1: like yeah, yeah you know yeah if i were to order right from the chinese distributor which you can yeah, do yeah and you go to alibaba and, and put another middleman in there but you sure. can the shipping is, is they ship it on a boat and it's like six to eight months and the, it's like 25 dollars canadian for yeah. the item super super but
0: cheap it, shipping it, because it's coming by a
2: boat
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, but there's no guarantee on it. There's like a a 15 day warranty, if broken English is correct. Okay. And these people offer a one year warranty and a little addendum to that, saying if something goes wrong with it and you're up you're up front with us, we'll probably fix it for
2: you. you So I mean, they have
1: a presence on Facebook. That I've already interacted with them on Messenger. They've sent me, you know, like a Happy New Year and uh, you know this is the way. Oh, very good. uh, So. So far, so good, and I'm hoping that they're just a, a couple of people like us that saw uh, yeah. a, a hole in a market and was like, "We can fill this. Maybe we can get some people some cool." Because they are like dual ready sabers; you, you can't right. kill them. You know, they're every color in the rainbow, uh, so I, you can just adjust them. And oh, okay. cool! Nice so they've
0: got the uh, uh, I can't think of the specific LED what it's called, but like the, the yeah, spectrum light, the, yeah, the pixel, multi
1: pixel, pixel board or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And then they have nine sound fonts, so that you can do like a straight Vader, or you can do like, oh a, cool, you know. And so that you know, so it's kind of cool for ninety bucks. Uh,
0: and so, you obviously you get a choice of of hilt styles. Uh, yeah,
1: you do. Yeah. So we got um, sh- a shorter blade with like a because all you can connect all of these with a coupling. Okay. Uh, so, but we wanted to get two different ones. So that we because we, we're gonna play around yeah of course you are <laughs> probably hurt each other but, but uh so we got two it was called the youngling package oddly enough yeah and uh we, we got them in gunmetal they're all tooled like aluminum they're oh that's they're awesome nice looking, yeah right? and um they, they come in gunmetal you could have got them in red or blue or gold or silver and stuff right like that you can get them with greebles you can add things onto them but we oh, wanted cool. really smooth things to learn on yeah uh, you know so it's just little like and and they have like a there's a pretty big customer service they're online i mean of course you're not going to print the uh the bad reviews but they no. you know they're, they're structured pretty they've been on uh, instagram for like a year and a half and they're starting to grow like they've got a bunch of followers well that's good then like, that's, that's kind of cool i, I hope the product's good not, yeah i can you know get on a boat to china
0: and so um, what did you pay per saber
1: there were 90 american 90 us so that's 100, 160 for the pair us with the youngling deal for a, and we have the a 32 inch blades which are slightly shorter
0: for a dueling quality out of the box lightsaber that's not a bad price
1: that's a really good price for that's what i thought if, yeah if we can if we can give her with a little plum and you know what i mean and sure and, and nothing happens and all the functionality works i'll, I'll be i'll be super happy it, um I can you know, rem- it's not the sexiest looking thing. Like, you know, no. it'll it'll film a cool fan film. It'll we'll go to a... Well, this is it, right? So if, I mean, Cal that's... To talk to the town. If
0: that's what you're doing with them, I mean, and I'm just going to go back a few here. When we were, oh, I was probably late teenager. So 18, 19, maybe even 20. Mm. And uh, I was still playing Star Wars regularly, like the role-playing game. And we would, sure. we would show up with like props and stuff. And I had uh, oh, yeah. I, I had an assortment of uh, Hasbro, just toy sabers and i can remember being out back at uh at a common friend's house and choreographing these long lightsaber sequences where we were making contact with these like oh yeah the, the old telescopic flashlight in a tube blades right and they held up pretty good because it was choreographed and we were you know we were telegraphing our moves so like you kind of You kind of knew what to do and then you could speed it up and we weren't hitting very hard so they they actually held up pretty well so i mean if you're going to do that with a dueling quality blade i yeah yeah. i expect you'll get some super good results out of it
1: yeah it i mean they have a little like clash on flash on clash feature so yeah they you know there's a white effect you know so there's yeah yeah you know kind of things that make it real fun and Apparently they're better than the uh, the Hasbro Vert in terms of wow. the sound of, like, the three sticks. Oh, the soundboards, yeah, yeah, motions and stuff like that. So the I have Hasbro an one. earlier
0: Hasbro Force FX Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi saber, which looks beautiful. It's sounds beautiful, yeah. it sounds great, but I wouldn't dare smack it against anything harder no, than the palm no, of my not hand.
1: Not even another one of them. Well, no, so.
0: <laughs> no, I like wouldn't. Just would do it. Bobby,
1: I, we were fooling around with a broomstick and it's got a scuff on it. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. that's enough. We can wait till whatever. Speaking of lightsabers, April
0: on the subject of lightsabers and uh, last Mando Monday, did you Mm -hmm. see the latest force effects lightsaber coming out?
1: Uh, The um, uh, Sogatano, the the darksaber. Oh, the darksaber. Yes, sir. I did see the darksaber looks interesting.
0: Looks interesting. Has a removable blade. So you can, you can troop it. If you just want to carry the hilt around, the hilt looks amazing.
1: It's, um, and apparently it's, it takes so much juice that it's Hasbro and this has been in the, uh, the dueling Sabre community for a while. The ones I ordered have it, but it's the first rechargeable, uh, battery pack Sabre you USB it into a computer or what have you. Yeah. Because the, uh, the tech, I guess is because it's, it's that weird compact hilt. So they had to reconfigure their tech. Oh,
0: right. Because it's a square hilt, not a round hilt.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the insides of them are relatively all the same chassis. Right. Right. And um, yeah, so I did a little research because we were looking at the people making those. I think there was there's a couple of YouTube videos of guys having really cool success with them. And then there's a couple of horrible, horrible fails. And actually Rebel Sabre jumped on a Chinese one and yeah. got it out on the market. And it was they were horrible. So they actually voluntarily recalled them all and offered Is people right, any man? Sabre you want on the website, even a, even more expensive. Interesting. So, yeah. But yeah, they were they, apparently you could see the lights through the handle.
0: Oh, oh they were just okay.
1: awful. They yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Hasbro one looks really I good. I think the
0: only criticism to the Hasbro one, at least the, the test samples that they've shown off, is that it, it doesn't have the the electrical the the, the yeah. buzz effect to it. So it's just a plain plain blade with a what looks like a white strip around it, and that's the portion that you see light up. So when it's lit it looks great, but it doesn't have that that sort of crackling electricity effect that the the screen used or the, yeah. the screen animated um, yes. item has. So
1: I've seen a few of the fan ones where they've they've essentially used coated plexi, sure, uh, with the and, and the LEDs on the inside, and then uh, only coated the plexi to the near edge, right, uh, and then and then carved out the. Uh, Oh right, the lightning pattern in it. So it would the lightning pattern wouldn't change, but at least you would have that.
0: You would have it there. Crackle of energy coming. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure, for sure.
1: It's pretty cool, actually. They hollowed the blade right out and set the LED strip right in it, and then yeah, it's kind of neat.
0: Oh, the evil empire corporation fighting for your money, and we're going to give it to them willingly. I know (laughs) Lauren doesn't get it, but
1: I I don't. I I just yeah. Well, on that note, everybody.
0: Hey, welcome back to uh Fandom Power presents The Fandalorian. I'm uh your host Wes Arscott and I'm back once again with our uh producer engineer Andy. Hello. And uh, as you've been listening uh, all the way out in Halifax, Hank, welcome back. What's
1: going on, fellows?
0: It's been a couple of weeks. We've had uh, Christmas, we've had a New Year. We've had some time to uh simmer and stew on uh on the show. Presumably you guys went back and rewatched it, uh the a lot season anyway. Times. Yes. Yeah, I got a I got a, a watch through on the season as well. And uh, the Lone Gallery episode that has since come out, I finally... Yeah, it
1: was fantastic, but I was I wanted more. I, you <laughs> exactly. know, I, we
0: talked about that earlier today. Uh, Andy stopped by the house to uh, just sort of touch base with me to figure out what we were going to do tonight. And I, I yep. said, you know, did you watch it yet? He's like, yeah, I did. I said, what do you think? He's like, it's good, but... Uh, there's some things they didn't talk about. So is there going to be more? Cause I want more too. There's <laughs> a whole season last there There's basically
1: one per episode.
0: Yeah, there really was. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the best way, I, I'm not even sure. I thought, you know, it would be great to go back. And now that there's no pressure to, to break the episodes down and, and pick out the minutia that it'd just be a fun conversation to come back and just kind of gush on the, the thing holistically, I guess more as a, mm. What did we think of the season as a whole? And did we have any standout moments that really, you know, speak to us? Alternatively, I'd ask you guys, was there anything on your your rewatch that you missed the first time around?
1: We sort of touched on it a little bit before yeah. my uh, messenger got rigged up last week, but I started to notice on the rewatch, the three stripes on the right. badges appearing and meaning Marshall, but not. Specifically, Republic Marshal, because at the beginning of that episode, and I can't remember what it is at this point.
0: Uh, the episode, the Marshal,
1: the Cara Dune episode, where she's the Marshal.
0: Uh, we go so back that's to Navarro,
1: and the town is cleaned up.
0: Yeah, so that's a couple episodes later.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she's got three stripes in her belt before she's ever.
0: Well, this is uh, it, right?
1: Talk to talking to Captain Tava with the badge. She's already got the three stripes in her belt, so it's it. Uh, that's one of the conventions I noticed that this. White with thick Three. and thinner red stripes, is, yeah. is galaxy-wide indicative of, of a good guy. I the found
0: Marshall. the whole thing. To, I'm like, okay, so there's this, this whole badging convention where, okay, this particular alternating red and white stripe scheme is indicative. Okay, it means Marshall. But mm. to see Cobb Vanth has got, he's got it on his belt in the Marshall episode. Right. Because like, I never noticed that the first time around. I never had any nope. reason to exactly but it was the i'm like oh okay first episode of the season and boom there it is as soon you mean the marshal and he walks in the door and
1: you mean the marshal
0: your marshal wears mandalorian armor huh? and there it is i'm like wait a minute yeah. so then i'm like let's let's get a good look at at her new republic badge and i'm like well the the striping there it matches so i'm now like now it totally what? and as you say she also was wearing a striped belt buckle before Tava badged her so yeah is it you know is there a bigger badging convention going on across the star wars galaxy than what we're aware of and people just accept that sort of as a universal yeah. symbol
1: it would certainly seem so i mean uh, maybe it's just a an internal convention for them but it's it's a nice little it's a nice little drop like to to watch that through yeah. go, oh that's you know a little verisimilitude, if you will.
0: Because I definitely went back to Season 1 just to make sure to, that I had a firm grasp of what I thought I was seeing, and uh-huh. uh, Cara Dune's costume in Season 1 is completely absent of that. It's a plain black yeah. gunmetal uh, buckle. Yeah, as
1: per the Galaxy episode, they totally kind of revamp her. her uh... Yeah, she
0: did. She got some uh, subtle upgrades yeah, yeah. to her, her costume. Right. Yeah, They
1: do mention
2: that in gallery. Yeah, they do, don't they? Through, yeah. They gave her a bit of a upgrade.
0: Seems like she's maybe... Uh, and I know there's not much there, but maybe a little more armored throughout the shoulders.
1: Yeah, I think they're a little thicker and maybe yeah. they, they they tip off. Like, they make her a little broader?
0: Yeah, yeah. So one thing that the gallery episode did was it uh, kind of talked a, bit, a little bit about sort of the um, some of the, uh, the guest appearances. They certainly talked about uh, Misty Rosa <laughs> as Frog Mom. And uh, her appearance as Queel. And I thought, oh, are we going to get the big reveal on like, are we going to get get who all the voice actors were? And they didn't do it. So the word is still out on uh, my Vincent D'Onofrio claim, but I'm sticking (laughs) to it. Never
1: see a Mamba Corp? Why decide? It's true. I'm sticking to Uh, it. To be fair, they didn't even do the Luke Skywalker thing. No, and so
0: you think that there's going to be more episodes where we're going to dig into that? I think so. I hope so it's
1: possible. They, they might all just be too busy. <laughs> if if everybody's going great guns on, on like, it, you know what I mean? They might just be too busy. Of course, editors probably just do that. Right. That's probably all editors that, uh, and stuff that's already been filmed because you notice that one wasn't sitting around a studio. No, this downtime. one was
0: like all on set. Yeah. Right.
1: So it was all just stuff that had been filmed and somebody put it together for, you know, Yeah, it was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Like the, uh, the volume being uh, 100 feet wide and 22 feet high now.
0: You think that I could remember that in our last episode and and for the life of me, I could not remember that it was called The Volume. But yeah, as soon as I cool. heard it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's
1: exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a great piece of tech. I mean, wow, it's going to revolutionize making film moving forward. It would,
0: like Favreau said back in the first season of, of gallery episodes, he's like, you know, different people were doing it to different degrees in different ways, but nobody was talking to each other. You know, like, nobody was bringing their ideas together with, you know, the other people who were doing it to try and, yeah. and make something cohesive at it. So they really are the first ones to, here it is, here's a working model of how this thing can work. And, you know, as we said before, Lucasfilm being sort of these tech pioneers when it comes to, you know, how, how entertainment is made and yeah. proving it once again.
1: That's the way of the Jedi. I never stop learning. And the first to realize that game engines are better than the film engines they had.
0: Because they can render in, uh, what, 60 frames per second or, or yeah, better.
1: Yeah, or even better, 120 yeah. now. Yeah, and, exactly. And in, and in real time. Well, that's the like, thing. They could, they could put you in a green suit and you're uh, an alien and on the screen fighting with a crazy green yeah, lightsaber totally. in real time. It's pretty awesome.
0: So I thought the, um, I really, really noticed, I, I, I couldn't help but think back to our, our review where we talked about how Mando just stops the, this is the way line, this is the way, you know, mm-hmm. part way through the season and it, and it just kind of stops and it never, it didn't hit me the way that it did until I got to watch it through again, just yes. for watching it. But when I thought about it, like, as you had said in our review, I'm like, oh yeah, how much it lends to his evolution as a character.
1: It's a bold move. Like it's probably one of their boldest moves. I mean, the, their boldest move was the end, right? But it's a bold move to take. Like if you look at all the merchandise. Oh yeah. And all the like all the pop culture ness of it. The whole thing revolves around that tagline. So to remove it and go, no, no, we don't need, we don't need foibles. We can rest on our laurels. Like this is a good story. Yeah. And and like that. Ah, oh, that was so cool for me actually. Yeah.
0: I like the whole thing. Especially, and I don't know what episode that they were riffing on during the the gallery episode, but they were... I don't know if it was Robert Rodriguez, one of his episodes. But there's a point where Filoni is giving direction to the puppeteers and even Dave says to the puppeteer, and he looks up at Dad.
1: Have Grogu look up at Dad like, really?
0: He doesn't say looks up at Mando. He looks up at Dad and it just... It really reinforced everything that I had believed, everything that I had asserted during the, the whole review of the season that this evolution from surrogate protector to father figure. And it just, I was like, yes, I felt so, I don't want to say vindicated, but I felt, you know, that sense of like, affirmation. I, I totally got it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. Affirmation. And that wasn't that the face. only affirmation.
0: No, we did get, Uh, well, why don't you, Andy, you can, uh, you can um, hit that one. We're talking about the... The staff bit, right? We are talking yeah, about the okay. staff
2: bit because when I saw that, I'm like, "Oh my god, they totally nailed it!" Yeah. The Bib Fortuna staff at the uh, yeah yeah end scene, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, you know, this is the first time we see him from the Kenner toy." I'm like, "Oh my god!"
0: That they actually gave it over to uh, Matt Wood on set to sort of give that little piece of lore. I thought, well, that's pretty awesome. That yeah. you know,
1: I would admit, never, I would never pick that out uh, unless being have it pointed at me either. That was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, and of course we as the the fans that we are, and and being you know completely into the toys, we we get this stuff as soon as we see it. It's like it's instantaneous. But uh, yeah, you know, casual fans, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know, I don't know. But it was cool. It was cool for them to to show the split screen with him at the end of of Mandalorian up against his appearance as Bib Fortuna in the Phantom Menace, and
1: Exactly. And
2: remember so that good. that's
0: the same person. Yeah. General Grievous too, right?
2: Uh, the voice. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: This week I went back and I rewatched the Tartakovsky Clone War. Perfect. The two two hours and it's a lot longer than I remembered it being. The whole thing, both seasons, when you watch it back to back, it's a two almost two two hours and twenty minutes. That's right. And it's uh still holds up it's really good i watch, it's a,
1: like i said it's it's on youtube as a as a whole episode. yeah 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 and i've watched it several times like that it's it's yeah it it really does it doesn't take anything away from the other series in fact because a lot of it is before anakin takes the trials yeah it feels very much like a prequel to it does. the actual wars that we get yeah right?
0: i think you could take the first season of the tartakovsky stuff and you could throw it in as a, an addendum to the, uh, the, the CGI clone wars, like, Hey, this happened just before this. Then you could run sort of the, you know, the, the clone wars up to a certain point and then toss in the second season where he's clearly more, you know, he's a knight now and, yeah. and Obi-Wan has cut his hair and he's got the short beard. And to me, they, they're superfluous really.
1: Yeah, you could have the kind of overlap you have with uh, Season 7 and Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And oh my god, Grievous is way more menacing and way more villainous in that series than he ever
1: was in the film. And in my opinion, that's the most powerful you ever see, the Jedi, ever.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. uh,
1: Is it Mace Windu pulls a Star Destroyer out of orbit?
0: Yes, Star Destroyer or... Could be a... No, there's that... Uh, a it's, a, a, it's a droid thing that they're using to... It's got like a big jackhammer thing that they're smashing yeah, the yeah, planet's yeah, yeah, surface yeah. with it.
1: Yeah, the planet crasher or whatever. Yeah. He but he literally rips it out of orbit. It's like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you never see Jedi. When they leap, they leap like hundreds and hundreds of feet. Right. I mean, I know it's it's easier to do in animation. It looks, it looks fantastic. But that's, in my opinion, you've never seen the Jedi that powerful. I'd no. love to see... A live action, you know, Jedi that power. Who
0: knows with this uh, acolyte uh, series that's coming up set in the High Republic? Maybe yeah, we'll maybe the
1: we'll get that the High Republic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about all that stuff. Um, and apparently, they're furiously at work at a few of the projects. I know that uh, most of the media has been occupied by the uh, Pablo Hidalgo. Uh,
0: yeah, so I mean,
1: controversy, I guess, is the word. <laughs> do we want
0: to? Do we want to? Uh, hit that one on the nose we want to talk about that
1: yeah we might as well i mean it's relevant right it's, it sure it, it is yeah. as a fan of both star wars and as a like a fan of theory like yeah on. he's been around for a while so i feel like i feel close to that kid too right so i mean for um,
0: for the listeners who aren't aware there's a very uh very popular we've mentioned before on the show too a very popular youtuber uh goes by the name of star wars theory and uh it's pretty young guy from uh it's actually from BC you know he's a canadian yeah, canadian kid he's got a really really strong following he's got what 2.75 million subscribers yeah, which he is uh, it's very very impressive for a uh for a youtuber for who's a who's essentially a, a one-person operation to the point where you know when you have that many uh, followers and you have that many subscriptions on youtube for uh a multi-billion dollar property you were Driving a lot of attention towards that property because sure. you know you you have that fan base. So
1: let's not forget his fan film.
0: Well, yeah. So the Vader uh, Vader fan film. I can't even remember the subtitle. Fantastic fan film, completely funded out of pocket by himself. Had multiple conversations between himself and Lucasfilm, who finally signed off on the project and said, "Yes, you can do this, but you cannot profit from it." So right. he did it completely out of pocket. It's still on YouTube for anybody to go and watch it right now. And it is a zero uh it is not a monetized video. He does not make any money from this. So it's a pure passion project and the sequel that he is working on a sequel. Yeah, yeah working yeah. on a sequel. Cannot crowdfund for it, cannot do fundraising for it, has to it has to be a true fan production. So he cannot solicit, you know, donations for it you basically if you want to contribute to the film you basically have to contact him and and tell him that you want to help out and you want right. coerced to do so but my that's point right. is this guy contact is me. huge within the Star Wars fan community and and has uh, got a pretty good heart you know his, his heart's in the right place he's you know makes what uh i think there's two what one to two videos a day
1: yeah and for he also you, has a Harry Potter channel That's right the Harry Potter channel. theory he's yeah. a very busy young man
0: That's right in fact, like Lucasfilm actually gave, they comped him tickets to uh, Celebration, the last one. The, That's right. Uh, the That's right. LA, LA
2: was
1: it? Yeah, he got uh, Ian McDermott LA. to sign his uh, his Sabre, his uh, Palpatine yeah. Sabre.
0: So anyway, yeah. the, I, the the preamble to this was to sort of set up sort of what's happened in the media in the last uh, week or so, just since Christmas, actually. I guess Pablo Hidalgo, the Lucasfilm executive who is in charge of the Star Wars story group, which we've talked about a few times and kind of maybe pointed some nasty fingers at in terms of like, why didn't they actually consult
2: themselves?
0: (laughs) 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 Pablo Hidalgo, who's been pretty prolific on Twitter and has, I hate to say this, but already has a reputation of having an adversarial relationship between the fans, went and kind of stuck his foot potentially in his mouth. But there's some confusion here because his Twitter account's a private account. So you can't just go and look at his stuff. You kind of have to be on the in. you know. It's like being a, on somebody's Facebook friends list, you know, with the, with the, a locked out account. You can't right. see it all, right? So that's right. the back and forth goes like this. Theory did a live stream of the final episode of The Mandalorian where he had a very genuine reaction to the reemergence of Luke Skywalker, which was very much consistent with my reaction and i think hank yeah. as you had said yeah. your reaction he openly wept at the return of luke skywalker like so many of us in the community did and from where i'm sitting like i had said before we started recording like if you had a camera on me and you saw me i was crying like six times harder than this guy was
1: way harder, bro.
0: way way yeah. hard like so hard yeah, i was so elated i'd never really i gotta say it's one of the the few times I can remember having what I call the uh, the happy cry. Oh my god, yeah. but it was so amazing. I,
1: I, I didn't know it was in there.
0: See, right. So here's this genuine emotional reaction and so he apparently uh, Pablo Hidalgo had made a comment on Twitter and it was to the effect of uh, feelings are not to be shared. And that's set- just ludicrous. So that sent the internet off you know, you know, in a way that only the internet can go off. And uh, you've got the, you know, two, two sort of camps there. You've got the, you know, let's support the guy because he had this emotional response like most of us had. And then you've got the other side of it where it's like, you know, the whole, you know, guy just did it for clicks. It's, you know, given who it is, he's a professional YouTuber and it's, this is all just clickbaity crap and he should just grow up.
1: Well, and... I mean, there's a chance that it could be just to keep things relevant, especially because, I mean, there's a lot of intensity surrounding the end of it, and there needs to be a lot of intensity maintained heading into the new stuff, especially with it being a year away. So I I think you'll see other projects pop up in the meantime. But uh, I'm a fan of both of these guys. Pablo Hidalgo used to be one of the people that you could reach out with a personal question to on social media and sometimes get an answer from about deep lore. Like ask him a canon question and get sure. a rational response. Uh, it hasn't yep. been that way for a while, but he's been busy since the Disney era. Wow. Um, yeah. But and also, I'm a fan of theory, and to see him have a reaction like I had, and to feel like a camaraderie there, and and oh yeah, also to feel like super proud of him with the stigma that is like where men want to show their emotions in public. Really proud of him to put that out there and show it and not be ashamed of it.
0: And that's the, that's exactly where I went with it as a retired healthcare professional who dealt extensively in men's health and in mental health. Like that's exactly where I went with it. You, you just stigmatized a guy, whether you meant it. And I mean, Pablo Hidalgo, I guess we should clarify this a little bit more because this, the story gets a little bit thicker, right? So initially this, this tweet goes out that says feelings are not to be shared. And then he immediately gets attacked by the fan community who are supporting theory, saying, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just a normal reaction. And so eventually he deletes the tweet. But he Mm -hmm. takes it. Not only does he delete it, he turns that tweet into his Twitter banner. Yes. Which a lot of the fan community interpreted as you just doubled down on your, Mm -hmm. on your. Hate crime. Right. The jerky Mm -hmm. thing you just did. And so that got this again the fan community going back and forth on what is what really happened here and you have this whole camp of people who are like it's sarcasm it's a joke. And even Hidalgo he put out uh he put out like a clarification tweet to say listen I I didn't mean you know I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings I just meant you know like for those of us who can't display our own emotions we're going to live vicariously through you and he basically said that it was a form of self-mockery, which I have to say, and this is me and only me, and, and uh, is not mm. reflective of maybe your guy's opinion, I do not sure. believe. I do not believe that was a, a form of self-mockery. I do believe that he was making fun at theory. And it
1: feels backpedally to me. It does. It, yeah, and if you're a public figure like that, you would expect backpedaling. <laughs> you. you you know what I mean there's going to be damage control now
0: I said to uh I, I was participating in an online conversation you know one of the ones that I would caution you know in our toxic fandom episode i I caution our listeners you know before you hit before you hit enter you know read what you've written and ask yourself how would this feel coming back at you before you press that button sure. and so I got I was in one of those conversations where I was deeply reading and rereading what I had written before I hit the button because I wanted to make sure that I was not Attacking somebody, but was trying to make a point about men's mental health, which was completely lost on the guy that I was engaging with. But I'd actually said, uh you know, in another online forum, I said, you know, celebrity is like a superpower. Celebrity and fame is like a superpower. When you have the ability to mobilize or weaponize thousands of people with a few keystrokes, you have a responsibility to use that power for good. Because if you don't, you're a villain. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this right now. I feel like. I feel like Hidalgo is a villain.
1: Yeah, it's, um, like I said earlier off-air, if the corruption is going to start anywhere in the Empire or the Republic, it Uh, starts from within. I hate to think that it's going to be that big of a deal. And I mean, at the end of the day, it would be great if it's just to keep things relevant and they're basically having a rap battle. (laughs) But I I don't want a young man to, to feel like he can't express his... At the end of the day, okay, I don't want to feel like I can't express my love for Star Wars. Right. If you're going to tell that guy he can't, then you're oppressing me too. Well, this right? is it. And I right? don't want to be oppressed by the, the executives of the thing that I love the most. So right. it does create an interesting moral conundrum.
0: We talked about this heavily on the Toxic Fandom episode where the, the internet has really been the, the big enabler. And this is just a perfect example of that where, you know, a, a person, an executive at Lucasfilm has the ability to reach thousands of people and he says his thing and then the pack mentality takes over and you get this yeah this whole like yeah man that, that's exactly right he's just he's a baby he should grow up He should be tougher right and that's where i kind of that's where i have that's gets up in my craw like in a yeah. in a major way oh yeah you can't i said this you know to the people who are listening in canada i said you have to realize that the suicide rates for men in Canada are three times out of, of women and they're three and a half times that in the United States. Hmm. So when you, when you tell someone, when you put those words out there, feelings are not to be shared or emotions are not to be shared. When you tell that to a man, you are propagating the myth of toxic masculinity that has been force fed to us for centuries. And then you yes. have these people who, who feel like they can't, they can't share. Because if they do, it's it's weakness or it's, you know, it's not the manly thing to do. And then suddenly you have men who are taking their own lives for whatever reason and the people around them are saying, I didn't know anything was wrong.
2: He always seemed so happy.
0: Right. Well, mm. maybe if you'd encouraged him when you saw that emotional outburst, maybe if you engaged with that person in the moment to address what was going on with them. There wouldn't be a problem, and we could have those conversations and we could normalize mental health and men's health. But now, here we are in 2020, where a major film company uh, executive has basically weaponized the fan base or the portion of the fan base that still believes in in toxic masculinity, who are basically attacking somebody who has one of the largest followings in the fan community. Mm -hmm. And it's just. It's not a good scene right now.
1: It could be the wrong bear to poke. He had a lot of, and that's kind of why I stopped watching theory a little bit, because he had a lot of bad stuff to say about.
0: He was uh, one of the most vocal uh, uh, proponents to The Last Jedi. Right,
1: right exactly. And so I, I had to just put him in the freezer, if you will, for a while, because I couldn't, I just couldn't handle all the negativity. And I think all that's,
0: that- but we've talked a lot. I mean, uh, as high school friends who've been apart for a number of years, a lot Mm. of what we have done off, off air has been reconnecting on that level and, and realizing that, you know, we're not those people that we were. So, I mean, you you and I, we get it on that
1: level. It's true. So,
0: yeah, I think most normal, I hate even, I don't even like to use that word because it's not, it's so contextual, but, I think most reasonable fans would do the same. They would say, okay, this isn't for me. I appreciate what you do, but this particular opinion that you have, I don't share it with you. So if that's what you're talking about, I'm just not going to participate in this part of your conversation. Your, yeah. I'll come back to the conversation when you're talking about the things that I want to talk
1: about. And that's what fandom power is about in the broadest sense is that I everybody, so. there's something that would make somebody weep like that for everyone.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it was the most... Oh, man. I joked about it, you know, like that, you know, everybody says they love The Empire Strikes Back, but they really love <laughs> Return of the Jedi. And there was there was an article that came out within the week of our episode where they actually t- titled it The Real Return of the Jedi, and I started to cry again just reading that because I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking! Yeah, You know, yeah, this yeah. is the return of Luke Skywalker that we all wanted, and, and we we got it in this way that... To me, I just never, I never could imagine that it would be the way that it was because we had written him off so quickly as no, that's too on the nose. <laughs>
1: well, he he said he would never return to the characters, flattered himself. Wow, well, which is great. Like <laughs> I, I don't mind being trolled by that guy's class. No, no exactly.
0: Yeah, but I mean, isn't Mark Hamill like known to be this like snappy Twitter? You know, like. He's he's pretty quick on the keyboard, right? Like he's.
1: And if he had tweeted the exact same thing as Pablo Hidalgo, everybody would have known it had been tongue in cheek.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> but Pablo Hidalgo has this. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, had another Twitter rant. Oh, I guess it was what twenty? I guess it would have been around the time of the Last Jedi, where he literally called Star Wars fans assholes, a bunch of assholes. Yeah. yeah. So you know hey dude you're you're biting the hand that feeds maybe be a little bit more you know considerate of what you're you're saying and i get it i get it like the 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 conversation that i was having you know between some of these these uh, other commenters on the the article a lot of these people were youtubers active youtubers who have you know more subs than we have uh, anyway but And that's where they were getting stuck on. It's like, well, I'm a YouTuber and I understand what it's like to to have the pressure of running a channel and and making sure that I'm constantly producing something. And I never bothered to say, well, I have a podcast, so I kind of can relate. And and we do have a meager following of 14 people, but um, I don't measure my success that way. I mean, uh, you know, maybe we're still firmly in that hobby space, but. When people go to the other, they go to that side of it. It's the the whole like, oh well, he's a content creator, so this is nothing but you know
2: more content.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, get there's... where you're getting that from, but you've just stripped the humanity out of it, and you, you're when you are so blind to that, there cannot be any other possible explanation for it. Right. That's where I feel like oh
1: sort of why I, when I brought it up to you, I, I phrased it that way. I, I'm worried that it could be. Yeah. It's you know, which is very different than oh, yeah, <laughs> look at what they're doing, Than gushing uh, on
0: the things that we love. I hate
1: to think that they would orchestrate something that it's almost cruel, <laughs> it's almost cruel. Uh, and I hope something good comes of it. I hope, I hope maybe, uh, like that kid probably deserves a job at Lucasfilm. <laughs>
0: there were a few you comments I mean? that I read that suggested that, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> or the, the other one was like, Hey, theory. Don't worry about what Hidalgo says. Filoni and Favreau are doing his job for him. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's true. I mean, yeah, make that kid an intern at, at Lucasfilm right now. Like, that's crazy. <sighs> yeah. What about season two of The Mandalorian, though?
0: So, it's I've really thought about this, and I, I mentioned it once before. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of touch on it again, but it's the best television. And I'm not even Mm going to say science fiction. It's the best television I've watched since the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. And when the rebooted Battlestar Galactica came on, I said, hands down, that was the best television on at the time. So uh, Mandalorian uh, is in good company. It is the best thing on TV right now. uh, And I cannot recommend it enough, even for a non-Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, not even is it the best thing on TV right now. It might be some of the best Star Wars.
0: Oh, there's no question of that.
1: In 43 years.
0: There's no question that it is, yeah, again, something I've put some thought into. You know, Jedi is my favorite of the... the, uh, So as far as each uh, trilogy goes, the the third act of each trilogy has been my favorite throughout all three of them. So Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi... And The Rise of Skywalker, they've been my favorite films Mm -hmm. of of all three trilogies. And then Rogue One was this like, it was like the cherry on top of the ice cream that you just, you didn't know you wanted, right? It was like, oh, I had no idea. It's the best Star Wars since Rogue One. And yeah, it may be, it may be the best Star Wars ever.
1: Yeah, I, it's certainly for me, it's the best thing since, since Return of the Jedi. I really enjoyed Rogue One and Solo a lot. Uh, I, I enjoyed the sequels quite a bit too. I, I wasn't as hard on them as everybody else, but for me, there's it's this, this went, I think if I were to sit down, yep. and make something, it would be it would be so friggin' close to this. Or I'd be drawing from these. I'd be looking for the same things. I'd be. I want the heart. I want the humor. I want the the world to feel lived in and feel uh, familiar. I want, I want to care about the characters. I want to see them face tough choices. I want to, I want to see good and evil. I want to, if you're going to blur that, I want to see it done craftily and well. I want to see epic space fights. I want to see epic dueling. I want to see crazy fists, you know, and it gave me absolutely everything. Everything you and wanted. And it gave me fucking Luke Skywalker at the end. Yeah. And like, Wow. It, you know what it did? It made me forget what a shitty year 2020 was.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really did. Uh, I have to yeah. agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, for we... the, for eight weeks there, we were just you know what I mean. It's like the the rest of the world can just sit around and and uh, wait for us to be finished. Oh my
0: god, yeah, yeah. For eight weeks, I was a 12 year old boy again. I just loved everything about getting up on uh, Friday morning and and watching the show, knowing that I was going to have this great conversation the next day with you guys. It was, uh, it was some of the best, oh my God, It's the best, best two months of my life in, oh, in yeah. recent years anyway.
1: Certainly. In a lot of ways, I agree about that. Yeah. Those, there's some moments. Yeah. Felt friggin' great to, to just be able to, to do that, experience it. And then, you know, like in real time to just, just crazy. Um, I can't believe that it was that good. And uh, we kept saying, how is it going to get this? How does good? it get like better?
0: How can it be any better?
1: When they brought Tython into the picture and we'd reached bedrock, I was yep, like, "Where yeah. do you go from here?" And that, like, they they knew, right? And like, they knew that there was a bunch of guys sitting around going, "How do we top these?" And those things aren't—they're just—they're just a word for people who, you know, aren't as into it as our ilk, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the just the tiniest things that that thing was woven together with such fine thread.
0: I thought connecting uh-huh. connecting the show back to. Rebels and getting that clip of the Bendu talking about the two moons, the Ashla and the Bogan. I'm like, what? Like, how are we gonna yeah. get any more entwined than
1: that? Oh man, it's it's true. And I mean, we got we got video games. We got the animated series. I mean, the old animated series. We got the yeah the new stuff. We got like you know stuff from novels. We got stuff from. Uh, I mean, they drew from absolutely every source, every and, corner and, of the galaxy, and. I mean, I've listened to our stuff a few times and we are actually, they blow our minds several times. (laughs) (laughs) Who are those guys? (laughs) Our minds aren't necessarily blown uh, that easily, you know? Like, I'm I'm pretty hard on my TV. I'm pretty hard on my, especially hard on my Star Wars novels, actually. I'm I'm really, I'm I'm sort of hard on novels anyway, but. Yeah. um, I mean, I'm just so, I just can't wait. I can't wait for the, the, the High Republic stuff that's coming out. I can't wait for, like, three spinoffs of this with the same people in in charge. Uh, Like, a Robert Rodriguez-led Boba Fett show. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like I'm 18, right? Like, it's it's mental. Can
0: we just... Can we focus in on that for a second? Because, Mm. to me, that was sort of the... uh... The center of the uh, Tootsie Roll, if you will, the, the center oh, of the yeah. Tootsie Pop, That talking to Robert Rodriguez about the resurrection of Boba Fett and him saying that, I've got one shot. He needs to be all things right here, right now.
1: That's what Boba Fett is all about.
0: If we're going to bring him back, I've got one shot to make him the badass that we all know him to be. And I thought, does that did that not echo almost exactly what we said in our episode?
1: 100 uh, percent that and in that gallery episode that was yeah. my absolute favorite thing when he showed that little fan film that he made the animatic you know, with it? the
0: action figures
1: yeah and and then when and then feloni's reaction to that going are those you know i mean yeah. when he said are those actually these are my people That's i felt I like <laughs> that guy's my people yeah these are my people you know what i mean when he said that line these are my yeah, people for sure. i was like wow. oh
0: for yeah sure. man oh man and for him to say, "Uh, it's all I had. <laughs> it's all I had on hand at the time."
1: Fantastic! He made those helmets. They're yeah. just cheap. Like, oh, dude! Fantastic! I These love that whole you want charge.
0: I love that sequence. I love. I really would like to, and I hope somewhere down the line that they release the full, because they clearly recorded it. But I want to see Tamura's Haka. I want to see the whole thing. Yeah. Not not just the few seconds that we got to see in the gallery episode.
2: I'm actually drawing a lot on
0: my Maori traditional side. I want yeah. to see the whole thing because when he said that, you know, and I had read it earlier that I didn't realize that the gaffy stick was a custom gaffy stick for him that was made longer to replicate the, yeah, the Maori. Cool there's a Maori uh, a club. Club,
1: yeah. It, yeah,
0: a historical sort of weapon in their culture. I guess all the Maori boys are trained in at some point. Mm -hmm. So when we see Boba Fett going to town on those stormtroopers in the in the episode, that's not the stunt guy. That's him. Oh yeah. I just I love that.
1: Yeah, I mean he's making those faces under that mask and stuff. I can
0: only imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes bugging out of his head. Like you can't tell me that's not intimidating.
1: This episode of Fandom
0: Power is brought to you in part by Collectorsplatoon.ca collectorsplatoon.ca organizers of the annual toronto collector's platoon toy show check out collectorsplatoon.ca the canadian home of ian's display accessories specializing in action figure stands for figures of all scales visit collectorsplatoon.ca today
1: you're listening to fandom power the slave one i just i mean we knew boba fett was coming and the the way they paced it they let you breathe and, and forget things were coming did you not like almost forget boba fett after three episodes i mean uh, we didn't intellectually we didn't know it then you see that the slave one fly into the and you're like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah There's been because so much has been going on oh going yeah and we got that of we're not thinking about boba fett
0: yeah we're going here on Python, bro we got, boba on
1: Tython, bro. Yeah, we got <laughs> come Bob-
0: on we got boba fett on tap <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Every time we need a little boba fett we just we just pull the handle. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> but it was so worth everything they did with him was great. I'm still a little skeptical about the whole dumping bib Fortuna off the throne and where is it going to go from there? But I was happy that it took a couple of days because it just left everybody hanging but then I was yeah. even more happy when they came out and finally, you know, uh, disambiguated it is going to be its own series. It's not going to That's be right. the next chapter of The Mandalorian. Like, oh, okay, good.
1: <laughs> People uh, translated the words on the throne to say Boba Fett, uh, leading to some speculation, too, that maybe he was, like, you know, had been in the throne without the armor. Oh, and I never even considered that. Just, there's just the way that Bo, um, Fortuna reacts to him. Bob, Boba, my friend, I'd heard rumors, but he never thought says, like, dead. I thought you were dead. The Sarlacc, right, you know, was, but the chair says... Boba Fett.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I never caught that, but i that's cool to know. Yeah. So let's just change gears here for a second. And now sure. that we know that we're going to have the Mandalorian, we're going to have Rangers of the New Republic, and mm. now the Boba Fett series and Ahsoka. So that's four, mm. four series all overlapping to some degree. That's right. So is the Mandalorian... The arrow of the Star Wars universe now <laughs> it looks that way. It. it does, doesn't it?
1: Could be. I mean, it, it certainly seems to be the Marvel format uh, that that they went with with Netflix.
0: Does it oh. come with a? Do you put the cautionary on it? I don't automatically jump to the Netflix and the Defenders thing, the the Netflix Marvel stuff, because I think it it works on a different level. I I kind of equate it to the CW where there's so many of them. Mm. and they're all supposed to be in that same space yet That's they're right. they're all trying to be their own thing at the same time where oh they you God. know the way they're written is completely different and they kind of they almost make fun of themselves when they say you know last year during the crossover when they actually say the crossover in this the right. episode like mm-hmm. i hope we don't get that level of like camp and like just uh no i like these, the, i like the
1: marvel style And well, Disney does own Marvel now, but I like the Marvel style, the approach to continuity better.
0: I hope that Um, the crossing over or the dipping in and out is as organic as Marvel.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I would think that you have the same Like there was a bunch of rumors about a Kevin Feige led project. I don't even know how to say that guy's last name, but like a Star Wars project. Yeah. And that's interesting because he's had like he's one guy that's had crazy control over uh, a huge like 25 films and they and yeah they really work as a single story too like you pulled out from crazy crazy feet there and it'd be nice to see I, I would sit through something like that with star wars i mean i was unhappy when the netflix stuff ended i thought daredevil was strong i thought punisher was strong yeah luke cage had potential it really um, did yeah the other two were they could have you know there's a lot they could have done I, I i really liked the character of uh, iron fist too so and Defenders wasn't all that you know, it just it lost steam and then they abandoned it and I'd hate to see like them doing too much cooking in one kitchen. They never you know, got
0: to that heroes for hire that they could have done with that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: No, exactly, exactly. You know, and uh I I would I would love uh, there's rumors of seeing the uh that that Matt Murdock pop up in Spider yeah. Man three. So Well
0: I, you when you say like, you know, the, the um the analogy of too many cooks in the kitchen. We all agree, though, that the roundtable format for *Mandalorian* with the uh, uh, salt and pepper directors that worked, you know.
1: No, I agree there, Uh, and but it's that's more of like um, I mean maybe it's the same thing. Uh, Several working pieces on one goal. So if this is a big,
0: I think we're lucky in that
1: a story in a big volume, and we're just telling it in four different chapters if you will or four different novels to create a, a different you know what i mean
0: was there any uh, i'm just trying to remember now from the announcements was there i know they talked about production duties but did they did they give any directorial names away for any of these upcoming series
1: the only one that i know for sure is that deborah chow is doing the entire obi-wan kenobi series right uh, okay. i i just heard that executive production credits for the Ahsoka show will go to Dave Filoni. Yep. That they're still going to share production credits on The Mandalorian, that Jon Favreau will be leading the uh, Rangers of the uh, New Republic, Yeah, that the Boba Fett show will be led by all three, but the third person being Robert Rodriguez. Right. Every one of those guys is a director, a writer, producer, an actor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be fantastic.
0: I feel like we... We got the secret sauce in Mandalorian, where that was the the, I dare say, the perfect combination of writing, production, and direction, pretty consistently right out of the gate. And my fear is that that somehow, you know, they kind of went because remember there was a time not too long ago, uh, shortly after the uh, acquisition of Lucasfilm by Disney, and they were like, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to be Star Wars movies from now until forever. And then they kind of went, oh, well, hey, after the whole backlash after The Last Jedi, they're like, let's just slow everything down. And there were some projects that got dropped. So
1: so much crap happened at that particular point. Like when they call solar a box office failure, it makes me insanely mad.
0: Yeah. It
1: it absolutely makes me insanely mad. That movie made like three and a half million dollars more than than its budget in the opening weekend, by the way. Right. right, And it still made way more down the line. It's DVD sales were through the Blu-ray sales sure. through the roof. It's, yep. Fans love it. Uh, they're, they're probably going to be making a Lando show eventually.
0: The Lando show was announced in the it's, it's, uh, a, yeah it was announced yep, that's correct
1: yep. yeah so and I think there'll be elements of that there and I for them to put that much pressure on a filmmaker or on actors or on a, a, a even a writer or an editor so you know any yeah. any member of a, of a filmmaking group put that much pressure where you can make millions of dollars for a corporation and be called a failure there's something yeah. that's just broken at its at its very spine
0: i'm not a hollywood bean counter but the more editorial i get with the entertainment properties that i consume the more i learn and they pretty much have to they have to double their production budget to be considered successful nowadays because of the marketing costs associated with uh promoting the film that's the way I understand it, anyway.
1: Mm. And so, I mean, and they've set this bar so high with the billion dollars being the new. Oh yeah, dollars. yeah, yeah. You know, it's the new million, right? And like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I say all the time. Like, when I was in high school, hundred bucks last you a week. Hundred <laughs> bucks, but a thousand dollars is the new hundred dollars. $1,
0: like, thousand dollars, I'll, I'll be through that. I'll be through that in under a week.
1: Under a week. Under a week, easily. Grocery shopping for God's sakes for two people for a month is is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, it bothers me immensely that, that, uh,
0: well, I'm sorry like that, that it, I did not mean to trigger you. <laughs> no, yeah.
1: Well, no, that, that's especially solo. That one property, it, it just, it, I think we're going to look back fondly at that film in particularly and go that like, maybe it'll be a good thing that not, not a lot of people looked at it deeply. Cause I, I, I think that's a masterpiece as well.
0: I very much enjoyed that movie. Like, and I can go back and watch it virtually anytime. I really sincerely hope that the Lando story or some of these other properties that are uh, projects that are coming down the pipeline. I really do hope we get some resolution to the, you know, the Kira story and, you know, more with Maul's crime syndicate. I want to know what happened. I I want to see that.
1: Oh hell yeah. There uh, there was there's was a, there a lot of stuff. I'd like to see the uh, Han and her relationship yeah. resolved like Yeah, at, for I, at sure. Some point. I mean, you can see him, why he's sort of a scoundrel by the time we meet him in A New Hope. He's like, maybe his heart was broken. Absolutely. But it's Uh, just cool, cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So to come back around to it, Mm. what I was saying was, uh, you know, when Lucasfilm was, you know, the first acquired by Disney and it was like, we're going to do all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, we kind of hit that saturation point where they're going to dial back on it. And now here we are, 2020, the investors day. And it's like, wait a minute. Have they all just decided that, you know, because the Mandalorian was working so well that, you know, the people at Disney kind of looked at each other one day and went, "Hey man, TV's where it's at." And just took everything that they had planned for film and then it readapted it for TV. Like is that what we're getting?
1: It's quite possible.
0: I think Andy was trying to say something but it, his uh, <laughs> he was a little choked
2: Sorry. up there. It uh, could be. Yeah. Just with the state of all the uh, theaters and everything in I mean, technically peril now. But. You cannot
0: yeah. talk about the, the landscape, the entertainment landscape without actually considering that, that the evolution I, of the movie going experience. Yeah. Like they're putting is, is everything
2: into that home streaming.
1: Yeah. And more and more people have, uh, you know, a, a, a sizable screen at home, you know, <laughs> like I just stepped into that weird world. More and more people have the ability to enjoy, uh, a, a very similar experience to a theater. Although I, I, like you, Wes, I prefer the theater experience immensely. I you know, do.
0: I love the theater really going experience.
1: experience. I miss the crap out of the drive-in experience actually.
0: It's been so I long, long crap since crap I've been to that. a drive-in.
1: But I do and it's been a long time. I think the last time that you and I saw a movie that was like people cheering in the seats with Starship Troopers back in Lindsay. Oh NTI. my god. I that was a that. good Kill time at a theater. Yeah, that was fun totally Um, fun there's there's moments in a theater like that that'll be with me forever that you can't uh you know because i've watched a million movies on a couch with somebody but i couldn't tell you you know i might what it was yeah exactly or what uh, that moment was or how you know one person said something funny at a moment or and uh, so i i do worry about that and i do think that it is that their change speaks to a new model for entertainment
0: i think this Um, is where you uh you the lines get kind of blurred, you know, like, again, going back to because of the way that I'm consuming my entertainment properties now and because I'm more interested in the filmmaking process, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to understand a little bit more about it. And so when you have guys like, I'll say Christopher Nolan is a good example, people Mm -hmm. who like to film in IMAX, you cannot replicate the IMAX experience at home. No so when the when the choice of of film stock if you're shooting on celluloid which a lot of movies just are not filmed on anymore or the choice nope. of your your aspect ratio if that's being taken away from you because you're going to be consuming it on a on a what's a 1 164 ratio uh film screen in your home or on your television right, right. you know that takes creative choice away from the content creator so that, I get that. I, And on on some level, I feel sorry for these guys because it's their craft. It's their art. And as an artist, you want to have that creative freedom. And now you may not have that if, if streaming is the preferred or is going to become the preferred uh, distribution method.
1: It's true. I read an article not too long ago about uh, film editing and how it, there's just not like, it's all but a dead art, like the traditional, like a guy in the dark or a woman in the dark, yeah, <laughs> cutting film cells, actually and cutting with film with tape, and and you know, <laughs> you know, they, they, like uh, how they made a new hope, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and and now it's 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 people at a computer and just boop 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 boop, and it's, yeah. you know, you can almost do it in real time, even uh, watching
0: some of these hope. guys and their their digital workstations.
1: And I certainly there's aspects of the art that are going to they're just going to drop off. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, It's kind of it's kind of tragic. Uh, I like the way things have been done, especially, you know, practical effects and things. I don't I don't want to live in a completely digital world.
0: Oh, speaking of uh, practical effects, Moff Gideon's cruiser was a was a model. And I'd oh, seen man. I'd seen a YouTube video. There's a, a YouTuber I follow by the name of E C Henry, who does a lot of uh Starship. Uh he's very much a, a sci-fi nerd like we are, and he does a lot of like CGI rendering and modeling on his own. Yeah. Um he's actually got some digital assets into some fan films that look really great. But uh he did a he did a little short video sort of on the there's a Passover like that overhead shot where Gideon's cruiser goes by. And he said before it was ever confirmed, he's like, I think this is a model and here's the reasons why. And, and just sort of gushed on like all the reasons why a practical model, it just shoots differently than, you know, a digital asset. And, and 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 he, he appreciates it sort of the same way that we do. Right.
1: For them to take that extra step to shoot the digital model and then have that as being what's projected on screen behind them in the, like, that's a whole other it's it's almost like meta filmmaking i just i love and i mean nothing nothing beats a model like (laughs) it just looks so perfect life has a grain to it that that you can't simulate digitally it's the you know it's it's that uncanny valley yeah the, the idea that something can be so you know something is trying to imitate life and something in our DNA finds it creepy until it's perfect. (laughs) What what did (laughs) they say?
0: Was there not a a moment in the gallery episode where they're like, Oh yeah. And uh, they gave us a room
1: (laughs) on the studio
0: for the, the creature effects guys so that they could be there, you know, building and
2: and and right there.
0: And they had this nostalgic moment where they made a reference to like the Lucasfilm to the creature shop. And, you know, because ILM is now, a hundred percent digital company right there's no model That's shop right. anymore it's you know they're real they're <laughs> literally reinventing the wheel <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> which in in hindsight you kind of go maybe you shouldn't have given that up you know like well they were pretty insistent that they like even with the death troopers like we want a physical thing there
0: you with the um what do you call them not death troopers dark Trooper. the, uh, the dark troopers dark yeah troopers. sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was absolutely shocked to find out that every one of them had a human actor yeah. in, in it because it moved just so. I don't
2: Perfect. know. I don't know Stiff. if they were
0: telling their. Yeah, that's exactly what the word I'm looking for. I don't know if they were telling the actors, "Give me your best droid," you know, like movements or or like robotic clunky, because they weren't like these, you know, fluid human movements they were very robotic and And they were very very, synchronized
2: yes
1: the the suits look pretty heavy to be fair maybe they They only move (laughs) maybe maybe Mm. it was fantastic that they like you and i had or all three of us had gone you know oh hollow joints hollow neck hollow hips droids yeah those were the elements (laughs) actually because they were actually people yeah so we, we we noticed the uh the truth was in the fakeness
2: Another practical effect, though, with uh, Ahsoka's lightsabers. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, That's, yes.
2: It, it's funny you say that. And we
0: started the whole conversation today with lightsabers. Mm. Now, they've given her, and I, and I stopped. I paused it. I'm like, those are polycarbonate yep. lightsaber blades with LED strips yep. in them, the same as, like, we could go downtown yep. and buy. They
1: made uh, her combat
0: saber. Yes. Yes. So does that not change the way we're making Again, changing the way we're making Star Wars <laughs>
1: properties. Yeah, because those things throw that light that, they, right. that you want, the natural light. Yeah, and exactly The other thing where you noticed need heavily in those, like, and this, we were saying before, have you, have you, did you notice anything that stood out to you? And I'd forgotten until we just started talking about Ahsoka's yeah. uh, sabers is the the sound pattern they use for her sabers. It's a really pure noise. It's different than, it's than any very other. low hum. And it's a very like like the wavelength is very short yeah um so it it kind of hums more than like has a big broad uh, spectrum sound like Vader's is really open the, the yeah. warble on it is like the i don't know the reverb is turned up really high for Vader's sound and right. is down. it's it's very it's a very clean and pure sound like i i something i noticed and i was like so i started going back through lightsabers and they all have they all have unique sounds obi-wans is different from Anakin's, is different from dooku's is different yeah. from yoda's i never really realized it before but
0: they all have slight
1: variances yeah so i'm uh these uh combat sabers i purchased have nine saber variants and i'm i'm kind of interested to hear the different yeah i really like the ahsoka tone it's beautiful when you yeah, go it back really and is. Watch it, just listen to the hum of her saber it's beautiful compared oh. to all the others.
0: I mean, as somebody who initially was opposed to the rewriting of how lightsabers worked, once I fully got on board with the whole imbuing the crystals and Sith crystals are 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 broken or mm-hmm. bled, and that hers are are Sith crystals that have been healed, purified. Yeah. yeah, I totally like. I totally buy into it, and I I really like that aspect of why she has white uh white lightsaber blades is that she actually mm. uh she healed those broken crystals or or bled crystals thought that's pretty cool
1: yeah it's a very very cool aspect yeah
0: question for you guys has anybody seen uh Wonder Woman 1984 yet
1: not yet i have i have not
0: no okay well that's going to be another episode then not that i want <laughs> i don't not that i want to talk about that yeah. movie had you seen it i i wanted to maybe follow that up with does that change our opinion of what the rogue squadron movie might be there's
1: a the, the uh Chris Pine has been teasing things in the media if you've seen it lately that he knows the entire story and it's amazing
0: for Rogue Squadron, yeah. So he's been oh, all over
1: good. social media and even a couple of our, uh, fan, fan article things are so I wonder if that means he's going to be in it. Oh, possibly, <laughs> possibly, Do you know what I
0: mean? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, okay, yeah. so
0: let's make a point to uh, once you guys have seen uh, 84. Let's okay. come. Let's come back and and talk about that as it may pertain to um, Rogue Squadron because all right, um, uh, you might <laughs> don't want to influence what you think of it, but uh, really, eh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, if you liked, uh, so I'll put it to you this way: people were asking me what I thought because we did. We spent the money and we got it on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, you were all over social media defending. Right. I saw that. Yeah, yeah people that were was, attacking you for renting it. Oh, uh, it's
0: totally fine. I, I don't care if you don't want to. Yeah, I know. If you weird. don't want to pay the money, don't pay the money. But you mm-hmm. know, Hollywood's not going away because you didn't pay thirty dollars for a rental. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the millions of Netflix subscribers made it the biggest movie studio on the planet. So put that in your pipe. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, You and I could
1: get a film at Netflix. Well, that's what I mean.
0: A Pauly Shore (laughs) in 2020, Pauly Shore got a movie on Netflix. (laughs) Who thought that guy was bankable in 2020? Anyway, I digress. Um, My final thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984, if you've not seen it, I say this. On a scale of Catwoman to Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 1984 is a Batman v Superman minus.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So. There you go. Take that for however you want to take it. I'm not sure. That's, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> a sliding scale. I know. Doesn't that make you kind of go, uh, oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> question mark? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, there is the one tie there. What's that? The public knowledge tie of uh, the director.
0: Of Patty Jenkins. Yes. And yeah. that's, why, oh, yeah. that's why I wanted to ask, because knowing how good Wonder Woman, 2017 Wonder Woman was, I wanted to know if your opinion of Wonder Woman 1984 influences your oh, hopes, your hopes you, for now, what? So yeah. Yeah. two
1: under her belt, I guess. I was right. just, I was unaware of whether you liked Batman V Superman. And now I, I think I know where you're getting at. So, <laughs>
0: I, to be fair, I do like Batman V Superman, but it's, it, it yeah. is the, uh, so that's why I say like, to me, my, the, the two lowest marks in the DC stable for me are Catwoman and uh, Suicide Squad. They are the two worst DC movies ever, uh, in both, my opinion. They're both really bad. Yeah, yeah. And I like Batman v Superman, so... I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the giant okay. Ninja Turtle.
2: The giant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> that's not my doomsday.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's totally fair. That's to- We talked about this, Krypton. Yes. The Krypton version. Oh, He's that was good. a fantastic yeah, yeah. version. Right, so... But,
2: back to Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah,
0: we came to talk about the Mandalorian and, and we uh, could do a lot of different shows. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm not opposed.
0: Season 2 can Mandalorian. We, yeah, go ahead, Hank.
1: I was going to say let's let's talk a bit about Luke Skywalker.
0: What um, what is there to say that, you know, <laughs> I I made that post with uh oh shit, I got to find it here because
2: uh the was, collective jaw dropped. Yeah,
0: um I wanted to find it. I made a post oh, it's quite a while ago. But uh, I put it out on the on the show's social media here, so I just gotta Mm. find that here. I basically had lifted the line from A New Hope, where Obi Wan was talking about the destruction of Alderaan. But this time, I actually I snagged uh, an image of uh, of Obi Wan's Force uh, Ghost, (laughs) and I actually I changed the line to say, "I felt a great disturbance in the Force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in triumph and were suddenly heard." I feel something wonderful has happened, and that yeah. was that was my reaction to uh Luke coming back.
1: I do remember that, yeah yeah um, so, uh, i was just i wasn't prepared for i didn't know that that was missing in my life, <laughs> you know like um and i I really liked the last Jedi, and I was okay like I mean I wanted something else, I wanted to see him you know i mean we saw, we saw his force projection do some badass stuff. I'd like to have seen him floating over that instead of standing on the ground, but I was okay with yeah. some of the choices they made there. And I know yeah. he wasn't, which made it, which helped fan the fuel, the the hate. And that
0: Mark Hamill was not on board with the, the characterization.
1: Cause in my heart, I always knew that we got him for 35 years. He was a badass somewhere around there. And, and I figured like,
0: I think it's easier know. for fans like us to accept that because we had consumed all those other media sources, but
1: right, right, right. Like, like, you know, where he becomes like, there's a, a novel, but actually where they introduce Dathomir. Yeah. Um, where he dies and the force brings him back to life. Right. Uh And it's, so there's, there's so much to do with that character, but just to see him at his peak on film and they, they did a really good job. I, I think people need to relax. Like the CG, like they're like you had said in one of the, uh, the comment sections was that the, the the their budget is not you know and it still looks we, better than yeah. anything that the CW is doing.
0: Everybody likes to think oh. that because it's it's I say Disney and I get called out for it. It's not. It's Lucasfilm. Like okay, yeah, let, I get it, but who owns them? The House of yeah. Mouse, right? So and people tend to aso- associate Disney with this unlimited pool of money, and mm-hmm. that's just not how it works. I, I no, get it. I mean, like it's, they want to keep their money. It's they want to spend as little a, of it as possible. Exactly. This is a television show. So on some level, yes, it's probably a very well produced television show. They're probably spending oodles of money, relatively speaking, but it is not on the same level as a feature motion picture. No. Do you and know what I it mean? Was, like
1: it was spot on. Yeah. I mean every moment of it, like <laughs> it makes me go, what the heck could you even do in season 3 or with three other TV shows like like the sky is absolutely the limit now or the, the I guess the center of the galaxy is the limit now you, we can go absolutely ape shit but, you know, we can
0: like, we can essentially take any legacy character we want we can body double them and we and can make it work we can either use their voice or we can voice double them for the the cases of, of people who are no longer with us that's right and we can do whatever we want. We are literally at a point where, man, I think they talked about this. The The first real conversation that I think we ever had around this was in the Terminator franchise about, you know, being able to roll out Schwarzenegger 30 or 40 years down the road. Right. And they did that. They did it in Salvation. He wasn't in that yes. movie. They body doubled him and they put his face on a on a body double and we can totally, that, that technology is only going to get better and it's, you know, only going to get cheaper. So, That's right.
1: As as long as it's done tastefully with the characters we love, and this was the most tasteful use of it,
0: absolutely, um, it was done reverently,
1: you know. Uh, and so, as long as it remains high class, I'm I'm down. I'm Damn. really down. I'm I'm I can't believe I'm this excited for, and then I got to wait a year, as <laughs> as you say, I'm wishing a summer away already, and it's it's January
0: <laughs> for Mark Hamill to go from I'm not coming back to the character. And you have to wonder, was this orchestrated right from the beginning? Like we talked about it in our other episodes about, you know, hey, hey, Mark, I'm I'm writing a part for you. Would you come back? Was the whole thing orchestrated well in advance that that was just a, a public misdirection to say, I'm done? Or was he well, legitimately was, done?
1: Well, this was filmed a long time ago. This was filmed last year. A year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after, after the March shutdowns and stuff. Um, so.
0: When did uh when did Rise of Skywalker come out? Last
1: December. Uh not yeah. last December, but uh two December two thousand nineteen, yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. so
0: there was every possibility so that would have been filmed in twenty eighteen for a nineteen release. So mm-hmm. there is every possibility that, you know, him publicly stating that he was done with the character was, you know, I am truly done with the character. And there was maybe some, you know, Sweet talking had to be done to get him to come back.
1: It was was sort of a big deal that he didn't play the voice of himself on the holiday special. Did you see the tweets surrounding that?
0: What, in the The Lego one?
1: The Lego one, they were asked, Did you play? He's like, One, I wasn't asked, and two, uh, I didn't want to. Or he was, you know, it was some sort of self effacing joke. Uh, But perhaps he was busy (laughs) playing himself somewhere else.
0: Let's be realistic, though. Like, nobody played themselves in the holiday special.
1: No. Some yeah. people did. Was yeah, there, yeah, there was a yeah, couple there. actuals in Are there. Poe like Dameron. I think, I think Oscar Isaac might have. Really? Um, there's a couple.
0: Well, certainly John Boyega did. Anthony
1: it. Daniels. Ah, yeah, well. He's, he's a trooper, oh. though.
0: He just wrote a new book. He just wrote yeah, a book yeah. about being C-3PO. Huh. That's right. I haven't read it yet, but I, I, I like am to. C-3PO. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I hope. I have the high hopes. Uh, I hope they're not uh, dashed on the rocks. I... I, I I've cared a few times about a property this much and and had my soul crushed. Uh JJ yep. Abrams did it with Lost. <laughs> I I had I was you can ask my wife I was probably too invested in that show I was all in. There's a lot if of you people who I anything share about that. It, it's just one of the greatest things that's ever happened to television and one of the worst last seasons of television ever to grace yeah. the uh, the old cathode ray tubes. <laughs> well,
0: I know the Battlestar shared a similar fate. In their yeah. uh, how they wrapped up their their show, people who like the last episode love it, and people who don't
1: hate it. Uh, because so. of you, I've never watched season four, and I just <laughs> let it. I just pretend that it's over. It didn't season happen. Three. And yeah. yeah. You you warned me, and I The Cylons like, okay, killed I
0: everybody. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, Luke Skywalker coming back to Star Wars in a way that everybody we'd always wanted to see was just a visual treat uh, on so many levels from, you know, his mastery of the force to his lightsaber skills and just the way that he spoke and, and how he was just like, you know, I'll give my life to protect the child. And and you Mm -hmm. believe him when he says it too, right? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, I think that it's a, at least for star Wars fans, it was a catharsis that we, we just did, we didn't know we needed it, but we really needed it. Yeah, and uh, yep. it was it was fully welcome. It like it, it was the vaccine I needed <laughs> for sure. You know, not to belittle anything. But. I'm
0: reminded of the line the first, <laughs> the very first line in The Force Awakens. Maybe this cool. will serve to start to set things right. Yeah, when he hands and, the and map we, over,
1: we talked about this being. A reset in a lot of ways and, yep. and it certainly has done things and and you got to be crafty to reset something without changing it and just to insert new narrative behind it to to strengthen it and to emphasize it and well, doesn't it make knowing luke can do all those things doesn't it even make it more tragic that he had to that he felt like he needed to turn his back on the force It does it totally right does. so that's it, it even it even adds weight to that so it's i can't wait for the future man
0: me too I think we got we really got uh, a sense of that with going back to Ahsoka. I mean, you have this character who, when Clone Wars debuted as a theatrical film, and you know she was this juvenile. Like, you can't tell me the very first time you saw her that she was just this throwaway character that you thought, "Oh my God, why this is so childish?" And I absolutely hated. I shouldn't say that I hated. I did not appreciate. I had no way of foreseeing what that show would become, and how her character would develop and become this like instrumental fan favorite character. Because as it stood at the time, Anakin Skywalker's story was was pretty much it was a we knew what it was. He was gonna fall to the dark side. He's gonna become Darth Vader, and they suddenly it's like now you're gonna get an apprentice, and and everybody I think collectively said. How in the hell is Anakin Skywalker going to have an apprentice? This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then they went on and they did what they did with her throughout Clone Wars. And then she showed up again in Rebels. And this whole his tragedy, you know, and her tragedies and how they interweave. And they made it work.
1: Oh, yeah. For me, it's their relationship was, was so much more powerful than him and Padme. Like, yeah. That's like I believe that he fell to the dark side because of Ahsoka and the the choices she made, and and I know it was the straw and that you know the proverbial straw, and that it was many many layers. But yeah, it, I just it feels so much more believable than what we were given. It adds so much more to it. It does for sure.
0: It does, but in the sense of like you know adding something and having to be careful about how do you how do you retcon something and not screw up the thing that you're retconning. Do you know mm. what i mean? And Ahsoka Tano is the the probably the perfect example within Star Wars of this is how you retcon something and you make it you make it work on on so many levels, right?
1: You take a property like Star Wars where a thousand people or a million people their favorite character is Darth Vader or their their yeah. favorite character is Luke Skywalker or Chewbacca or Han, you could go on and on and on. And then to bring a brand new character in and then to make her as strong or stronger than any character that's in your stable is yep. is amazing, is amazing. And like my, my, my wife says all the time, if she had a Tano or Sabine or even Cara Dune when she was when a little she was girl, a kid. Yeah. her life would have been way different.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I always kind of like, where, were, why is it taking so long for us to get to this point only now where these characters, these strong female characters are strong you know not you know uh white male characters are are dominating
1: yeah it's a very good question uh it's really tough it's that's a it's an elusive sort of thing to say that and it's nice to see that the world's not dominated like that anymore it's it's at least it's becoming a little bit better i i hope
0: everybody wants to feel represented when they see that thing you know like when you identify with something, you know, like there's that little bit of like, Oh, I wish I was this person or, or, you know, Oh, they're like me, you know, they have this thing going on in their life. And that's something that I feel like I share that with this character. But if that, if that character looks like you or identifies, you know, in the ways that you do, that makes it so much more real.
1: And so when I have conversations with my friends of color, my friends that are female, it, that helps them like it's, it's super important that they get this, this representation that, like, it is. that we take for granted. You know, I think uh, all the
0: people who, uh, you know, who, who scream, you know, social justice warrior, you know, at the, the mere idea of, you know, a, a colored character, a trans character, or somebody who just identifies as something else other than male or female. You know, it's that whole that whole thing, as a, as a cisgendered white male, I can never appreciate what it's like to be a, a oppressed like a black person. I just, I can't, because I'm nope. I'm never going to be a black person, I've never been a black person, so I cannot experience what they experience every day. But I think I can appreciate the idea that, you know, that representation in a major Hollywood production means something.
1: Oh yeah. I have a good friend from Brooklyn and he, uh, he's a black fella and he, just the way he said, you know, he said, when I saw Black Panther, man, he yeah. was like, like no one ever talked to him like that before. Right. Really, you know, on film, you know, like, I mean, there there's, there's historical movies about slavery and things like that. Sure. Said, but there was never anything that I could just sit there and go, Oh, I wish I was that guy. You know, like, yeah. like our Indiana Joneses, our, like our every movie we ever had. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And without any pandering, without any like Shaft was a pimp first or whatever, you know, or any of this. Yeah. Other, yeah. Uh, yeah. Negative connotations. And for him, that was so powerful. And, you know, he, he, w- he was actually running around for a long time, Wakanda forever.
0: Oh, why not? Yeah, man. He wasn't alone. You can't
1: tell me that he was alone in that. Oh, no! no, that was so powerful yeah. for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I watched think, it was uh oh Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon did a thing where he set up uh, basically like a, a camera, like a like a photo booth, and he invited basically uh, members of the audience to like send Chadwick a message about what Black Panther meant to them. Perfect. But it was done like a hidden camera bit where Chadwick was behind the curtain and he got to hear what everybody said, and then he got to walk oh, wow. out. He got to walk out and meet these people after they said their like their 2 or 3 minute bit and th- some of these people were just in tears like they were so like oh my god and and he was so genuine with them like you know like sure he did that like the wakanda forever thing for a lot of them but like the hugging and the emotional outpouring that these people got to share with him i it touched me in a way that you know mind you i'm also a 46 year old man and my testosterone levels are you know, a lot, a lot lower now. So I am way more emotional about stuff than I ever used to be, but you can't like, if that doesn't affect you on some, if that doesn't strike an emotional chord with you on some level, you are not human.
1: No, it's, it's true. I do find that about myself too. I see a, a snuggle commercial lately and I'll be like, man, that's a cute bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's true. Um, I love to see that stuff from uh, celebrities. I love to see, I just, I like I, I have, you know, there. I'm not a sports guy, so these are my my sports heroes. These you my, and me both, yeah. These are my people, right? Like, so I, I love to see people giving and taking and 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 making it more of a symbiotic thing. That's why I love social media. It's like why I, I love uh, Twitter, where you can actually buy. You can stumble into a conversation with somebody that like you would never in a million years think you know that would happen. Sure, maybe even get them to follow you and. And, and, yep. um, it's just a cool thing that, 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 you know, you could reach out to somebody and have them, you know, uh, I like the world. It's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, the world is definitely a lot smaller now with the internet and, and social media is definitely, uh, plays a huge role in that. It plays a huge role in what we do here on the show. Uh, without it, I think we would, uh, you know, we'd be kind of treading water some days.
1: <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: it's been True. a it's been a huge tool for us and and uh it's been a nice way to to connect with people who you know like this stuff on a on a similar level uh that we do but really it's been uh the last eight well i guess it's been a couple more weeks now with the christmas break and new year's and but uh the last nine i guess this would be the ninth the ninth session for season two yeah it's been a wonderful experience i was so happy to be able to come back and and just kind of have a a little fan chat about what's going on i guess i i before we get going here i just want to reiterate that uh you know remember you know uh celebrity it is a superpower so you know remember before you uh hit enter on that uh on your keyboard remember what it would be like think about what it would be like coming back at you and remember you know use your superpowers for good
1: with great power yeah, i think that's a- it's a good, yeah. It's great responsibility, yeah. And yeah. it's a good message for everybody, like, isn't uh, it though? I, I have a, I have a little, because <laughs> I'll tend to go on a rant, right? And so I have a rule. I, I automatically, I'll type out something and I'll completely erase it the first time. Oh wow! Uh, especially if it's a, like an angry rant. I sure. I, I don't want to press send because I'm, I'm liable to. So I'll do that almost every time that I want to interact, like, yeah, you know, with somebody who's pissing me off on Facebook or something because I'll say that stuff to the universe, but I don't really want to say it to that person. And it helps to type it. That's right. It, yeah, no, no. I totally
0: I've done that too. I've I've had paragraphs of of you know well-crafted response where you know you know when you're in these exchanges and they're 3 4 second, you know, one yes. or two line bursts and I've like, okay, I'm going to shut you down and I've orchestrated and and sort of calculated mm-hmm. this like multi-paragraph response that you know, on an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper would be like two thirds of the sheet. And I'm like, no, I, I can't
1: say all that. <laughs> yeah, delete, is this delete, person delete. worth my time? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well that's it for me guys. I'm super, super, super happy to have been able to uh do this. I hope that uh, you know, you guys have enjoyed the process as well. Amen. Really looking forward to getting back together to do this uh as soon as we can. We've got a lot more Star Wars coming down the pipe and uh as you say uh, is a bit of a renaissance for Star Wars right now. So as long as uh you know those fears that uh that I have surrounding the uh is this the beginning of the the CW of Star Wars? I I just hope that that in fact is not the case and that everything stands on its own and that it's interwoven organically and and we love it as much as we love The Mandalorian. But if not, we will be back for the uh the next season of Mandalorian and a whole lot more in between. So Hell yeah for uh for fandom power presents the Fandalorian. i'm wes i'm andy and i'm hank and we will talk to you soon may the force be with you and may the force be with
1: you and also with you hey guys thanks for listening to fandom power be sure to like us on facebook and follow us on instagram and twitter stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms fandom power is a sawcast production
0: Hello there. Hey guys, Wes here for Fandom Power. I just want to say thank you to everyone who joined us for our 9-week Fandalorian review series. We had a lot of fun putting it together for you, but with a year to go before The Mandalorian returns for Season 3, we thought we'd like to keep the Star Wars conversation rolling. So, starting Saturday, January 9th, we hope you'll tune in and join us for Fandom Power Presents Order 66 our four-part review series of the Final Four episode arc from Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Do it! Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say. SockCast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. And when your show is ready, Sockcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say?